Well, we know the Canadian government has now declared a Chinese diplomat, Zhao Wei, as persona non grata, expelled him from the country. And in retaliation for that, China has also announced the expulsion of a Canadian diplomat today. So what is going on here? Well, Zhao Wei was expelled due to his alleged involvement in a plot to intimidate Conservative MP Michael Chong and his family in Hong Kong. That is according to a statement from Foreign Affairs Minister Melanie Jolie. Let's find out more about this now. What is going on? Will there be more retaliation for this? Charles Burden is with us now, senior fellow at the McDonald Laurier Institute and former staff member of the Canadian Embassy in Beijing. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. It's good to talk to you. What do you make of what's happened here so far? Well, uh, you know, the, the Canadian government gave the Chinese authorities lots of warning that Mr. Zhao was going to have to go. I mean, you know, once the Globe and Mail outed him as an agent of Chinese Ministry of State Security operating with diplomatic cover out of the Chinese consulate in Toronto, there's no way that, you know, we'd be able to allow him to continue his his uh, menacing and harassing and espionage work. Um, China could have diffused the issue by just gracefully withdrawing Mr. Zhao back to Beijing, but it looks like China is priming for a confrontation with us by waiting until he was declared persona non grata and expelling him. China has so far done, you know, the expected thing, which is to commensurately expel a middle-level consul out of our consulate in Shanghai, perfectly reasonable, but they're threatening more, and this is very concerning. I think, you know, the way that regime functions, they, they're not going to just allow this matter to pass. They're going to want to inflict um, economic costs on Canada and could even do some, you know, nasty things to Canadians resident in China to send out a signal to other countries that if you interfere with China's espionage, menacing and harassing operations in your country, that costs will be extracted that being said, I don't think that this is going to go over well in Canada. And I really, if I was working for China, I would tell them to just leave it with the expulsion of the single Canadian diplomat. But they don't listen to me. <laughs> well, I'm not sure who they actually listen to, because as you said, they could have just left it there knowing what we already know, but they chose not to do that. So if you are a Canadian in China, should you not be a little worried at this point? Oh, yes. I think that, you know, Canada should issue a travel advisory. It is dangerous. You know, there is the possibility of arbitrary arrest or being refused exit from China because they say, you know, there's some court case that may come up against you or these other things that that are designed to to intimidate us into complying with what China wants. And, you know, when serious reports come out of CSIS exposed in the Globe and Mail, we gather that they went to the central levels of government and, you know, our government people decide to stuff them in the back of a of a drawer and not act on them. So, you know, from that point of view, China has been quite successful up to now. Um, and I think that there are a lot of vested interests in the political and business classes in Canada that would like to maintain the status quo of relations with China. But I think for you know Canadians listening to this program and for much of Parliament, there is a notion that we simply cannot tolerate illegal activities by Chinese diplomats in Canada, and that includes menacing and harassing of people here of Hong Kong origin, Uyghur origin, Tibetan origin, and so on. 
And when they decided to try and intimidate a member of the Canadian Parliament by threatening to to do bad things to his family back in China, the China really crossed a red line. And you know, Canadians just aren't going to aren't going to sit idly by and let them do this anymore. That's the thing that gets me about this is that it. it, it this really crossed the line, and they really didn't seem to care about the consequences, did they? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, I think that they, they underestimate us in terms of how weak we are. I mean, certainly, I think they made a big mistake when they decided to throw Kovrig and Favor into prison hell and throw away the key for three years. You know, they, they didn't think that our newspapers would be counting down the days of incarceration on the front page. You know, they don't understand that that Canadians want to stand together and and that we are not going to let an autocratic, a frankly thuggish regime intimidate us. So, you know, I think with, with regard to Mr. Chong, I think they thought that, that the government would simply just let it go, as evidently the government did for the two years that the report from CSIS went into the National Security Advisor of the Prime Minister, and many other elements of the government. And when it became publicly known, when when some uh, agent in Canada's national security hierarchy decided he just couldn't abide by his commitment to state secrecy and, and decided to somehow or other get it to uh, Steve Chase and Robert Fife, and the rest is history. We heard about it, and you know, uh, outrage broke out in Parliament as a consequence. And so where do you think the government is at now, Charles, in terms of, okay, we did this. uh, It should also be bracing, I guess, for more. But clearly the cat's kind of out of the bag here, right? Like we cannot allow this to continue. No, I think, you know, um, our political debate in Parliament is basically all about China. It's going to be all about China in question period today, I'm pretty sure. The Procedures and House Affairs is having not one, but two two-hour sessions on foreign influence. And the Ethics Committee of the House of Commons is also doing a study on foreign influence, not to speak of the Special Committee on Canada-China Relations. Um, you know, this is not going to stop until something happens that suggests that we're going to do a genuine reset with China. The government has been really not acting very vigorously on this um, foreign agents registry, which is to require that people who are involved in the policy process should publicly declare if they're recipients of money or benefits from a foreign state. And we're also moving slowly on this Indo-Pacific policy, which we announced last November, which China also doesn't like. I think that all of these things are about to change. And really, you know, there should be some ministerial responsibility for for not acting on a two-year-old, very serious uh, uh, report from intelligence. You know, the, the Minister of Public Security or the Prime Minister under the Westminster system, regardless of whether they saw the report and ignored it themselves or not, the fact is that their ministry has, in, has made very, very serious errors in judgment. And, um, you know, they should take responsibility. And I, I think it even gets the point of, of resignation would be the appropriate way to, to, uh, to, to show that we really are taking this very seriously. Charles, have you ever seen a situation like this before? Do you think this is a, a bit of a tipping point in terms of realizing what's going on here? I think absolutely it is. And, you know, we can look to Australia and the UK, who 
are increasingly, um, well, who are really ahead of us in this. And so it's not like we're, um, we're breaking new ground. All we have to do is to get our, our laws and regulations and practices into compliance with our like-minded allies, put that investment into strengthening our military response in the Indo-Pacific, and um, you know, make it clear to the Chinese regime that we are not going to tolerate the, these kind of illegal activities by their diplomats. I'm sure that CSIS has a fairly long list of, of colleagues of Mr. Zhao Wei who have been doing the same thing. It's not going to be just one of them in the whole 146 Chinese diplomatic cohort here in Canada, which incidentally is 100 more people than Japan has here. They only have 46. So, you know, I think that that's, we've got a bit of a slog, but, you know, this is Canada, and I think the people are getting the message, and I think that we're going to turn this thing to right. It's just it's not going to be easy, and it's not going to be without costs. Charles, thank you so much for your time this morning. Good to speak with you.